So, um, this is the very first episode of the, uh, Quadcast, or the Quadcast. I actually, um, I haven't decided the name that I want it pronounced yet, because Quadcast sounds really, really nice, but then Quadcast is, like, how it's spelled, you know? So, um, I don't really want to know, I don't know what I wanted to do with it yet. Um, but yeah, this is the first episode, um, I recorded with Isaac Araby at Camp Pearl Ministries, thanks to them, and, um... I'm so happy to get this off of the ground. Uh, you can definitely hear that um, this one was just kind of up in the air. We had a conversation. Um, it was a rough start, maybe until about the 10-minute mark because we were both super nervous. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's that's really, really fresh to me, but I'm super-duper excited to share it with you. Um, if you have something that you would like to see or, like, if you have something that we could do better... Um, just feel free to shoot me an email or, like, comment on it, you know, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, it's now Sunday afternoon. This is, like, a little thing that I'm going to put before the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy uh, the episode for today. Um, thank you very much. All right, so this is the very first episode of the Quadcast. I am going to record uh, my own intro. Like, I'm just, we're just going to go with it. Um, first episode of the Quadcast, I have with me Isaac Araby. How are you doing today, Isaac? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. All right, cool. So um, I just want to go ahead and say thank you to everybody who has helped me get this podcast started. Um, Jared Bates, Camp Pearl Ministries, they're providing facilities for at least this first episode. Um, and Isaac Araby for just helping me get this started. Um, so I went ahead and like started a podcast question list, just like trying to get the ball rolling for what exactly I want to do for all of this. Um, so I said like favorite movie, favorite album, um, philosophers, poets, all that good stuff. And um, Isaac gave me a really thorough list. I'm really interested in everything that uh, he put on here. Uh, I didn't have time to look at all of the stuff that he put on here, actually, because a lot of it was so deep to go into that I just didn't have that time to prepare. So um, I'm going to go ahead and hop to the first one that uh, you went that you answered on here, and that was, uh, what is your favorite album? Oh, yeah, that's uh, Bottles and Bibles by Tyler Childers. Okay. Oh, it's Tyler Childers. I thought it was Childers. Okay. Um, and what do you like about that album? Um, so I've I grew up with like folk and like Western mm-hmm. music or country, you know, old country and stuff like that. And then that's I don't know, he kind of like mixes a lot of genres that I like. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple and down to earth, like it's not like he has some big accent or nothing like that, you know. Yeah. It's just it's nice to like really relatable and just nice to listen to. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, had time to listen to this album over the past week, and I found that, uh, the album was really, it wasn't hard not to listen to a lot of times. It was, it was very full music, and I did, I did some research on him. A lot of the stuff that he sings about, he sings about coal mines and, like, stuff that's, that is very country, and it's not secondhand to him. He didn't just hear this, like, he experienced a lot of it, like, his father actually worked inside a coal mine, which is that's really, really cool to well, hear like about. like Appalachia, you know, just like, I don't know if you ever read much about the history of it, but just, Mm-mm. it's just like, you know, like poor, destitute white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it makes good music, so mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear, the, like, the culture through it and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's different from other, like, the other things of today's country music, especially, not, maybe, maybe not so much folk, but definitely country music, because a lot of this stuff is like, you know, old dirt road, taking my uh, truck down the old dirt road, uh, girlfriend moved to Tennessee, that kind of thing. But his stuff is like, everything is real, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, I find that really, really interesting. Um, special trade that you like to advertise? No. Um, topics that you'd specifically like to discuss. This is where I was impressed with uh, Interview List because you said the creative process and creative thinking, and I definitely think we can go into that a lot. You said you read a poem by Charles Bukowski the other day that a friend showed you that really stuck out to you. It was titled, So You Want to Be a Writer. And in short, it describes writing as something that is not forced but truly comes from yourself. It is nothing that is done for outside purpose like fame or self-exaltation, but rather something that flows from you. The poem really intrigued you because you believe it to be applicable to the creative process as a whole. Yeah, and the creative process is something you can spend a lot of time talking about, so that's exactly what we're going to do today. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, like, just a couple hours ago, I was in an English class. We had to write a paper. Mm-hmm. It's a prospectus, you know, outlining all the essays that we're going to write. And uh, I just, like, 
like I read it, I wrote it short. It was just forced mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then I've, I've like compared it to other essays that are written and you can, you can always tell the difference between like what somebody has mm-hmm. like their heart behind or what is just what they have to get done. You know? Yeah. Um, Tom Petty actually said a while back, I mean, I heard this on the radio on like a five second snippet. He said, you know, writing music either for him, like, you know, sometimes it's forced. Um, but then other times, you know, it's like, it's almost kind of scary how it flows from you sometimes. Cause it's like, you like, where did that come from? And that, I think that's a lot of the creative process for me. I write music and it's like, there'll be some days when it's like, okay, I'm going to go right. I sit down at the piano and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a song, but it's not really going to be as good as a song that like actually came from my emotion and something that spawned itself from experience. So yeah, yeah like I find any time that I've tried to sit down and write a song, I write it and then I erase it and I like hide it because mm-hmm. I'm like, that was just, that was bad. Yeah. But then sometimes like there'll be some days where like, you know, you'll be out in town doing something mm-hmm. and then I'll just think of something and I'll stop and write it down. And those have been the things that are like, probably the, the most best meaningful. stuff yeah the most meaningful and the mm-hmm. best things that i've thought of before yeah um that's that's a lot of the appreciation that i have for artists today it's going to be the ones that um you know write from their experience and write from their emotion rather than just like sitting down and they're like okay i'm gonna write a hit song or you know i'm gonna write something that everybody's gonna like to hear it's more or less just like i'm writing this for my own enjoyment have you ever heard of bon Iver? yeah bon Iver, yeah bon Iver is a lot of that because back when uh like he first started it was a girlfriend breaking up with him and he like moved to the mountains and just isolated himself and started writing and that's that's really really cool to hear about it's an interesting thing that you find Mm -hmm. in music just like the best like the best music comes from like Mm -hmm. times of real struggle or real heartache or real experiences Mm -hmm. you know yeah there was there's a friend i have at mcneese and one of his uh his favorite things to do He's a pian- he's a pianist at McNeese, and he plays a lot of classical piano. And you know, you wouldn't think that there's a lot of emotion in that, like classical piano as a whole. But what he would do, he's crazy good, by the way. Um, what he would do is he would research the artist that he was going to be playing, and like figure out where they were in life before like playing the piece, so he could get in that mindset almost before he started playing. And I think that's so that's yeah, that really is, really interesting. That's really cool. It's yeah. almost like method acting, but mm-hmm. with like playing music, a music yeah. piece yeah i think that's like a lot of times even whenever you see somebody cover a song mm-hmm. you, you can tell whether or not they just like the song and they're covering it or like mm-hmm. if they put a lot of like soul behind it because like tyler childers in mm-hmm. that album i mean he's since taken off and he has like he's been really successful since mm-hmm. then and uh but the one thing that you know you read youtube comments on the songs that he plays yeah and they're always like it's just him and, and a guitar but it feels like so much more because he sings mm-hmm. with such like passion and like yeah. puts so much of himself into a song it's like there's a there's a third band member in there and it's it's his soul you know yeah. he's playing too and surpri- surprisingly enough bon Iver has done the same thing there's a there's a song that he covers called um i can't make you love me it's originally by bonnie Raitt, but just the way he plays it like anybody that i show it to like before i start playing it it's like i say this song sounds like you know is the sound to me of like tears streaming down your face you know that's exactly what it sounds like you know, and I think it's, that's really interesting, especially like cover music, somebody picking it up and like taking it further when it's not forced. Or even like there's a there's a song called uh, Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You. And mm-hmm. it's like an old, I guess it's country, mm-hmm. but like this guy sings it and it's kind of like in like a 60s, 70s style. And this song's pretty good. But then like I think like two years ago, a band, a band covered it. I think their name's Ponderosa. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly, but I've heard I have the song in a playlist. But uh, and it's like they completely change it. They move it to like a slow song, mm-hmm. almost has like a. I don't know. It's like slow, and they just yeah. put like the guy almost screams it, and it just I mean it completely 180s the song. It's like mm-hmm. almost completely different, and it gives yeah. it so much more passion behind lyrics that you maybe would have never noticed before. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Is uh Tyler Childers your favorite musical artist? Um, see, that's really a hard question at this point because I'm like in between so many mm-hmm. genres. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's hard to decide because mm-hmm. there's so many good things out yeah, there. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I've been listening to a lot of, uh, uh, Sturgill Simpson is another mm-hmm. guy who's like, 
leading what like people are calling like new country mm-hmm. or like making country good again. Yeah. And uh he's he's really great. He's puts a a good spin on country music because mm-hmm. it's like it's like listening to like old Merle Haggard or something like that. Ooh, yeah. But it was written like a week ago or like a year ago. That's cool. Yeah. Wait, what's his name? Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson. Okay, cool. I'm gonna put that link somewhere. Um, let's talk about Camp Pearl, uh, cause we're here. Um, today, uh, Camp Pearl allowed me to use some of their facilities just to uh, record this first episode because me and Isaac couldn't really find a good time to meet each other and record. So we work on this uh, team called SWAT. Um, I'll have Isaac expound on that a little because he's more experienced in that than I am. But uh, we got to meet here, and I'm super thankful for the uh, director of Camp Pearl, Sam Buzzard, to uh, allow us to use this this room, espe- or this room uh, to be able to record this. So, um, Isaac, what is SWAT? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's a long, it's really not a long answer, but it kind of is a long answer. Uh-huh. It's, uh, servants worthy and true. We serve without being asked and we give without expectation. And, uh, it's high school students, uh, entering freshman year mm-hmm. or in their freshman year to senior year. And we work the camp through the summer. So mm-hmm. cleaning bathrooms, sweeping, mm-hmm. Anything like that, mowing, like weed eating, outdoor work, we do all of it, and it is, it is, it's all volunteer. Mm-hmm. Nobody's paid at all to come. Yeah. And uh, but like it goes, it's not just like kids volunteering at a camp in the summer, but it's also a ministry. Mm-hmm. Like we're taught how to serve with a Christ-like attitude, and how to uh, just yeah, be good workers, because it's what we're called to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite memory of Camp Pearl? Uh, that one's really hard, cause I mean, like I've been here since I was little, little mm-hmm. running around. Um, I don't know if it's a favorite, but it's one I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. Is uh, last year I got the chance to be lifeguard mm-hmm. for all all the weeks of camp that we do in the summer. Yeah, and uh, this this one team has gotten uh, a night swim awarded to mm-hmm. them for like cleaning their cabin or something like that, and they had a tennis ball, and we were, you know, like. You see, like, in YouTube videos, like, mm-hmm. they throw it back and forth as they jump into the pool. Yeah. Of like, a kind of like a circuit mm-hmm. thing. And we tried and tried and tried. And uh, I think they were supposed to swim for, like, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I ended up letting them be in there for, like, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And Sam drove up <laughs> kind of like, you know, like, like what, are y'all, what are y'all still doing mm-hmm. out here? Sam's the SWAT director, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's my boss. <laughs> so that made it, like... We were like, oh, no, like, hopefully we can do it and show them, like, what we've been mm-hmm. out here way past time for. And we, uh, we like, we had been, I mean, like, gotten so close. Mm-hmm. And then he walked up, and I guess, like, the pressure pushed us through, and we did it perfectly. Yeah. And he was like, wow, that was awesome. Now go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I just That's remember it was, yeah. it was so funny. I think I'll remember that for a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, I remember being uh – especially last year being so drained after not drained I remember being exhausted after every week that I worked but because of I think I think the driving force was the purpose behind it but just because of the people I was working with the campers that I was working for and just like how I was serving them made it easy to come back you know the next Monday of the next week and start working just as hard again and I think that's really interesting because like I'm I'm known definitely to avoid certain kinds of work, but here it's like I can't wait to go and sweat outside and dig holes or move uh, move coolers or something. You know, that's great. Um, See, like like you said, you've known to like avoid certain kinds of work. Mm-hmm. See, I'm kind of the flip because you know I love getting outside and digging mm-hmm. holes, but then I've also seen how like it has pushed me in areas that I'm like social, like mm-hmm. leading people and like talking in front of crowds, like. Mm-hmm. Never would have I ever been able to do that except, like, learning it here and being able to take it, like, out into, like, the mm-hmm. real world, like, out into, like, my daily life. Yeah. Do you have um, a moment on SWAT that was, I mean, it's not, like, a favorite and maybe not necessarily, I don't mean, like, spiritual, but do you have, like, a paramount or, like, a moment of your SWAT career that you would say embody SWAT and like is an example of what SWAT is supposed to look like and that's you got good questions let me think um so like a SWAT commercial 
Jared. I feel like Jared's Jared. done something like that one time. Yeah. I feel like one time we were all, we had started a project and mm-hmm. we had finished it and we were kind of taking a break. And we were like, man, where, where's Jared? Like, <laughs> where has he been? And then finally he walked back and he was like, like tired looking. And we were like, dude, where you been? He was like, oh, I just, I just went and like finished out like the rest of our schedule. He was like, where were y'all? And we were like, oh man, Jared, we're so sorry. We were just, we were like, we'd been working. We stopped mm-hmm. and took a break and he just, you know, just kept going. And he didn't even stop what he was doing to come look where we were. Mm-hmm. He like was like completely like going to finish the job. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah. you yeah. see like a lot of cases of like stuff like that on SWAT. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It brings like a lot of stuff out of people that you never would expect to see. Mm-hmm. And it's really encouraging to see it. Yeah. For real. Okay, so what are we going to talk about now? You got, you got a movie that came out recently that you want to talk about? That came out? Yeah, recently. Man, I haven't been to the movies in, since that last Star Wars came out. Oh, last uh, episode nine? Yeah, like the the last one. Oh God. man, see, I thought that movie personally was it. W- it was good in like a hail mary, like yeah. like last minute of the game. They're like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> yeah, Just huck it downfield, and you mm-hmm. got you got lucky. I found I found that movie that it did a lot of fan service to people who like really really liked the prequels and really really liked the original trilogy, and it's like. It was really for the people who weren't on board with the new stuff, so they mm-hmm. like brought back all the old stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. Well, and like, how many times through that whole trilogy did they hire and fire people? Yeah, a lot. Enough, oh gosh, enough times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, oh man. Yeah, I just like, I don't try to worry about it too much, you mm-hmm. know, because it's a movie. Yeah. But, like, anything that they were gonna do was gonna be criticized, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That second movie was like. Because you you have people who are like holy rollers for the the original trilogy and the prequel trilogies just because like lucas wrote and directed them or Mm -hmm. wrote and directed five of them but you know like you have to be able to welcome the new stuff oh look we have a swap movie walking by (laughs) that's actually andy oh never mind oh he looks like luke yeah yo he does it's it's (laughs) crazy i i thought luke had just like grown out a beard (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah um i've movies weren't created really as an art form and weren't really created to make people emotionally involved but historically they were made to make money they were spectacles it's like going to the circus it's not really like a beautiful thing or like you're supposed to make it pretty you know it's just like to make all the all the people in the seats go wow that's so cool yeah you know well i mean that's like what all the avengers are all the marvel movies like i think scorsese said Mm -hmm. like a while back he was like Oh, what did he say? He was like, they're like uh, roller coaster movies or theme park movies. That's what yeah. he said. <laughs> and uh, Ricky Gervais made the joke. He was like, no one scores he's too short to ride the <laughs> the uh, amusement park rides, which are the Avengers movies or yeah. something like that. And that magnific- magnificent oh, the Avengers. speech. I remember watching, like, my parents didn't let me watch PG-13 movies in 2012. And Avengers was actually the first wa- first PG-13 movie that I watched. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, going to the movies in Baton Rouge to go and see it. That was really cool. And it's, I grew up with those movies, you know? Yeah. I, I'm emotionally attached to them. But towards the end of it, I noted, I kind of noticed that it went off the rails a little bit. And I was like, wow, these, I'm kind of tired of these movies yeah. now. Yeah. And then, like, you know, like we just went through like the longest continuous story mm-hmm. of trilogies of the superheroes ever made. And then, DC's like, yep, we got ours now. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to go through like 40 years of just continuous superhero movies. Yeah. Eventually, it'll just be like, um, it'll be a custom for like everybody to go see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like Hallmark movie movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like, that's why Joker was so like I, refreshing, I, was just like, it's a superhero movie that like was like a heavy hitter. Like, it, mm-hmm. it was like watching like, it wasn't triumphant. It it took a tone that no other superhero movie recently has taken, or ever, maybe. You know, yeah, has taken. well, like, the last one that had taken that was The Dark Knight, which was kind of the same. Kind of, yeah, the same thing. Yeah. I, DC did a really good job with Joker embracing, like, that that darkness of their of their brand. They DC is definitely a dark a dark universe to go into. That's why I always liked it as a kid. Sounds bad, but, like... Mm-hmm. You know, like as like a middle schooler, it was would, more. Yeah, yeah, it was more like, like I don't know, like oh, everybody saves the day. Mm-hmm. You know, but then like in DC, you have like 
in a world that's all fake, you still mm-hmm. have like hard facts, like you know this mm-hmm. sucks yeah. or this this is you know. It, it was it was in a way taking the bad stuff and turning it into something that can be right, re- like not necessarily reckoned with, but something that can be enjoyed and something that can be combated instead of like you know like in the real world this is how it is so that's how it is and it also differed from the marvel universe because it was like we can change everything you know like we can make everything better whereas like with uh gotham and metropolis and central city you know this is how it is sometimes you're gonna have to deal with that well like i feel like marvel characters are always like like those action movies where they just get beat up for three minutes three minutes and then right at the end they just like throw one punch and knock the dude up. Machina, yeah. Yeah, like, you're like, well, you just got beat up for 30 seconds, and now you're Mm -hmm. standing over the dude that you got a lucky hit on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. That's what was was always cool about DC was there was always, like, Mm -hmm. it was close. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did Did you read much comic books as a kid, or was it just all, like, stuff that you watched or played on, like, video games and stuff? I remember knowing about comic books a lot, but I'd never... I never really looked into it deeply. Like I had, I was one of those kids who definitely had like visual dictionaries to every single superhero in the Marvel or DC universe. But I never like read read a comic book. Yeah, because like I don't know, they're creepy. Mm-hmm. The comics kind of went out of style like right as I, w- I right as I would have gotten into them because like you had things like iPods and iPads, you know, like taking over, you know, child like play. The, yeah, like all their time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's crazy how that stuff has evolved. Or just like technology in general. Technology, you know? yeah. Like there's, speaking of podcasts, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you find podcasts and you're like, I've never heard of this, but like there's already three or 400,000 people mm-hmm. who watch and are like on their Patreon and like give them money. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to see that kind of thing. Well, like, I mean, like now somebody can make a living mm-hmm. off of like fans mm-hmm. and never be known by some people. Yeah. Because there's like. That that stresses me out sometimes because like there are there are YouTube artists and there are music artists and there are like t- tons of people out there who could be like making my exact kind of entertainment that's like gonna like put me at the par- paramount of not entertainment but inspiration and like I might just never find it. Well, yeah, like your favorite song, it. your favorite song of all time could be out there, and it could and be I just don't know it. It yet. could be like three minutes old or it could be like thirty years old, mm-hmm. and you just don't know it. Yeah, and. That's, that scares me sometimes because it's like, what if I never find the best song ever written? You know, like, what if I never find my favorite yeah, song? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, and, like, back to, like, the podcast thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have 30,000 people that listen to you a year mm-hmm. or 30,000 people that are, like, on your Patreon or, like, mm-hmm. donate to you. Yeah. And if they each give you a dollar. That's crazy. That's $30,000 a year. I, I was introduced um, I was introduced to that concept by a small channel called uh, Ferris quote-unquote small channel Fairbarn Films they're they're like two dudes who do comedy they had 300,000 subscribers at the time I heard this they said you know we're saving up for a new camera and you know you guys already like pay so much for your internet bill every month but like think about like if every single one of our we need a new camera every one of our every single one of our subscribers gave us a dollar you know like that's a pretty nice camera we could buy for a really small or just like 50 cents yeah like I mean that's still a huge camera yeah like all of the um, Alexa cameras that they use for the Marvel movies, ninety nine thousand dollars for that camera. Oh goodness! And like they just rent them out, don't they? I th- I think they do rent them out, but like imagine breaking that thing. Yeah, like <laughs> dropping it off a set or Somebody, something. Somebody, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody's getting fired. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there goes a year's worth of wages. Yeah, for real. Or like, I mean, for some of those company companies though, that's just like, they're like oh, okay. Yeah, I mean Disney's Disney's like an empire now. Which that's like going back to movies. That's one thing that's kind of bothered me about them is when I'm like, you know, like you'll write a movie in like a super safe way, you know, like not to like make anybody mad, mm-hmm. so you can market it in China or whatever. Yeah. Like all like everything's done out of like the basis of mm-hmm. money, but like they they won't need another dime. Like they could go on for mm-hmm. like ten years and not make a profit. Honestly, I'll, I'll take. Not not even five percent of the money made from one Marvel movie. I'll take a half of a percent of the money made from a Marvel movie, and you won't have to work for forever. Like I, that that's so much money made. And yeah, well, like I mean, like like those guys that sold Google. <laughs> Gosh. Like, what would you do with a billion dollars? 
I, I, I don't even know. That's too much money to to spend. Like what? Well, that's like that's like you and your kids and their kids and then their kids. And maybe even the kids after that. Yeah, you know, like they're well, well off. And like that. if you didn't live any different than how you live now, except like not work, and yeah. stay at home. You know, like do what you want to do, travel. Like yeah, it. Well, here's like a a thing to like rattle your mind. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, I think a couple of years ago, China, like there's the Congo in Africa. Mm-hmm. The it's like democratic. It's not democratic Republic of Congo. Is yeah, that what it is? I, something like that. Yeah. But like China invested. I think it was like nine billion dollars into just infrastructure. Like they're like, we'll build your roads, your ports, like That's stuff like that. And like nine billion is a lot. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money. But you think somebody like Jeff Bezos or uh, mm-hmm. Bill Gates, like they have like Jeff Bezos has like 120 billion, or like you know around that hundred mm-hmm. billion range. And then they were estimating that China is going to make like because there's so much like raw resources mm-hmm. in Africa that like off of that infrastructure, they're going to make like three or fold. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. way more, so you think like, like, I don't know, wealth builds wealth. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you you get money, it makes it easier to make money. Yeah, you invested nine billion dollars, but you're gonna get twenty seven billion off of that. You yeah. know, that's, you know, it it makes me wonder. Like, we we were talking about like Disney and their and their empire. It makes me wonder sometimes, like you know, if Disney's ever gonna like grow big enough to like take control of some things like oil resources and that kind of thing, or like, you know, like when you put Disney it, oil. Dis- yeah, Disney oil, <laughs> yeah, Din- Disney oil. Well, like I mean, you think like at what point does like a person gain so much, amass so much wealth that they like, they don't operate just like in the state of Washington, mm-hmm. like they operate like in the United States, and you know, like that's like a big company, but yeah. then you know, like they have chains of stores like in every Asian company or, like, mm-hmm. European nation. And then yeah. it's, like, so then you're, like, you're international and then you're intercontinental. And then it's, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, and not, not $120 billion, That's not all, like, cash that he has on hand, you know. Like, yeah. that's, like. Bonds and, and stuff. Well, and, like, the houses that he owns, it's, like, all of his mm-hmm. wealth amassed and put, like, a number on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. still, like. It, it, it makes me wonder, like, I mean, DVDs are kind of going out of style, too. But um, imagine, like, putting on a movie and you turn, or, like, you're about to put on a movie with your family, and, like, you turn to your wife or your kids or something, and you're like, hey, would you guys like to watch a Disney? And that's just what movies are called now, because, like, Disney has taken over the movie market. No. And, see, that that sounds, it sounds satirical, but you're getting close to that kind of thing, because Disney Plus has, like, now has a stream, or Disney has a streaming Streaming service, service. and they've got DVDs, they've got parks, they've got merchandising. You know, I've not i mean i don't even know i don't even know if they have a record company or not yet but like as soon as they get that well like you ever heard of it like it's umg like universal Mu- music group oh yeah it's yeah. like name an artist and they're on it mm-hmm. yeah like I'm i first heard of that through like youtubers who like mm-hmm. there was a guy and he was like at a chili's video and you mm-hmm. know he'd blurred out all the chili signs and like was following all the copyright mm-hmm. and then there was a taylor swift song over the speakers in the background <laughs> And UMG came in and copyrighted the video Goodness. and made all the money that the video made off that's the advertisement. That's wild. And, like, like, who goes through and finds, like, in the background as he's talking, mm-hmm. like, the Taylor Swift song? Like, I, I, You've got to have so many people on staff who are just, like, going through all of the new YouTube videos. Or, like, big YouTube videos, at least. They don't care about small YouTubers as this much. This guy has, like, 150,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're going through the small stuff, and they're like... Oh my gosh! There's, why not just they copyright money off of her song, dude? Co- copyright a color. That's what they need to do. Copyright like blue or something. Or like and red. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if you have the sky in your videos now. Sorry, we're making all the money. Movies go back to black and white. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot, I was going. Doing stuff in black and white like completely mm-hmm. changes how. Like mm-hmm. I take a lot of pictures, and I'm taking a black and white mm-hmm. photography class. Like the whole dynamic of how you choose like yeah. what to take a picture of completely changes yeah it i mean do you take many pictures of flowers in black and white only the whenever there's like contrast or a lot contrast? of detail yeah. detail like in the photo you you yeah. don't focus much on as much on color but you focus on like yeah. shadows and light shadow yeah. yeah and it's like you know like there was a photographer he had a quote and uh you know like people would ask him like oh why like what are you trying to tell society mm-hmm. through that picture you took He's like, I'm just, I'm just taking a picture. I mean, I just thought it was pretty. Or <laughs> that kind of, but like, I'm just taking a picture to see how the world looks photographed. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's so like, you know, like it changes how you like think of it, mm-hmm. you know, like just to see, cause like, I mean, you can take a picture of something and it look like show somebody where you took it and they're like, how did you even, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. It, like those, there's videos floating around the internet and it's like a video of the cameraman taking the picture and like them throwing an orange up in the air and then like water and then a knife slicing through the orange and like the way it changes just from like the video to the camera. Have you seen the one where they take like the letter (coughs) soup like dried and they spray paint the letters black and then they take a book and they throw the. Oh, I have seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, Like, and it looks like the letters are coming off of the page. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cool. Like how much you can change and like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, you don't have to go out and like think or like take a picture of something and think like, Oh my gosh, I have a purpose for this and people are going to understand this from my picture. I'm trying to tell this, you know, like maybe sometimes it's just like you accept the beauty of things uh, or yeah, the beauty of it because like, I think that's something that's being lost a lot of times. It's like everything that has to, everything that comes into existence has to have a solid purpose or like a solid purpose to change something. You know, but like sometimes maybe the purpose is just beauty or like you to like put you back down on earth, you know, for a second. Yeah, like and it just looks cool. Like, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. That's know? that's what a lot of English poets, I, I respect old English poets for because they, they just found beauty in things and it wasn't like they were trying to change something, you know. Yeah, like I used to only take pictures on vacation and like mm-hmm. stuff like that or if I went somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, like just do like land, like take a picture of a mountain or like rocks mm-hmm. or stuff like that. But then, like, now, like, one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken is, like, a door, a glass doorknob from our old house where mm-hmm. we used to live sitting on a windowsill that's, like, cracked. Really? And then just over with, like, the certain amount of light going through it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, my favorite picture I've ever taken. I'll put a link. Um, Where Where is that photo? It's on Visco. Visco? Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put a link Um, to that. I swear I made a Visco and then all that happened with, like, the scrunchies and everything. I really don't. I... I don't care about that as much. Visco, like, I feel like most quote unquote Visco girls don't even use Visco. You know, it's like the stereotype outside of that app. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. There's people who are like, there's no people in their pictures on Visco, mm-hmm. and they're like a professional photographer, and it's like one of their portfolios for like finding work. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's something with like some sorority girl at a party or something. You're like, okay, that's yeah, th- yeah, Visco girl, yeah. yeah. Dang, we uh hit 32 minutes. That was really good. Yeah. Um, we can keep going if you like. Yeah, I think I think I want to. What time? What time is it? Uh, oh wait, I've got the time. It's 1:50. Um, yeah, we can talk about something else. Now we just need to think about what we want to talk about. Oh, no country for old men. No con- I didn't watch that. I'm. I didn't have enough it's time. It's long. It's, it's long? long. Yeah. What's it? Uh, what's it about? Or like, what's the premise of it? Um, well, like the first thing to me that stuck out to me whenever people were telling me to watch it mm-hmm. was that there's there's no music score. Huh. No music whatsoever. The whole movie is audio like just audio of like the scenes. That's really cool. And it's uh it's like a really simple like it's in West Texas, mm-hmm. you know, so like the scenes of that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it there's like a poor veteran, like a poor, like a guy who mm-hmm. fought I think in Vietnam. He's a veteran, you know, lives in like a trailer with his wife. Mm-hmm. There's a sheriff, a bounty hunter, and then like a cartel and drug dealers. See, that sounds that sounds cool. I like yeah. that. And it's not. It's one of those action movies that's. It's not like a John Wick. Mm-hmm. It's know. not crazy. Oh yeah, and it's not. It's not glorifying mm-hmm. the action. It's not like oh look at him do a flip as he shoots these people. <laughs> you know, like it's like. I hate to say like real life because you know I've never mm-hmm. been shot at or shot at people <laughs> yeah. you know so i don't know but just it's it's what you would expect in that kind of situation mm-hmm. and there's no music yeah so like there's no like suspenseful scenes mm-hmm. but the suspense is like it's it's, it's like out of the world it, it like, makes gravity feel a little more real at that moment yeah like yeah and it, it doesn't it doesn't end the way that you think okay i'm gonna have to watch it now yeah it's really good yeah really good Mu- spe- like music with or a movie without music that's really interesting to hear because, like, there are so many stories of, like, movies that, like, are kind of pieces of trash until they put music into it. Like, Halloween, that movie, it was originally composed or made without music, 
and people previewed it and they were like, wow, this isn't scary. This is going to be a flop. And then like they went back, wrote a score for it, put it on there, got people to review it again. They're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy scary movie, you know? And that that's a really interesting way that that I guess that movie stands out because of that, huh? Yeah, like I mean, and I've noticed that like movies that do have scores, like if somebody played it, you'd be like, "What is that from?" Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know what this is from. And then you put it like the combination of score and scene mm-hmm. and cinematography can like just yeah, like you see one or the other, and it's like uh, you put them together, yeah, and then it gives it like a whole new like. I guess that's the that's the same way with um. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, I feel like standalone without its music, it would feel corny, you know? But mixed with uh, John Williams' expertise in music, you know, it made something super iconic that lasted for how many years? 70, 50 years, almost 50 years. Yeah. Goodness gracious, that's a long time. Yeah, it's, it's just like... Star Wars as a whole is, like, mm-hmm. not impressive to people who didn't have connections to, like, its beginnings, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't even know if my parents were, like, huge Star Wars fans, but me mm-hmm. watching them as a young kid and, like, growing up with it, like, puts a lot of meaning behind it. Because you watch that first one, mm-hmm. and if you are critical, it's, I mean, you can be critical of anything mm-hmm. good, but, like, if you're super critical, then you're like, yeah, it's an okay movie, but mm-hmm. then, like, you realize that it was the first of, like, any, like, sci-fi movie that that. form of science fiction yeah like yeah um i really respect i mean george lucas because he he did a lot of things you know he he sat in a room with people who were like telling him how it was with his movie when he had like shot a few scenes and they said you know like this is a terrible movie this will never make it but then like he goes on a vacation to or out of the country didn't even want to go see the premiere of his own movie he's stuck in traffic because people are like flooding the streets trying to go see this movie and he's like what the heck's going on and they're like it's star wars you know that's crazy man yeah if you if you watch i found an interview the other day where he was like i never filmed in hollywood i couldn't stand it <laughs> and it's just it's crazy cuz like mm-hmm. sometimes i feel like hollywood is like where creativity goes to die <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know yeah Holly- hollywood's a money maker it's not it's not a artists mm-hmm. city at all but all the stories that comes out that come out of Star Wars are really cool too. Like Harrison Ford was just a carpenter on the set of Star Wars, That's and wild. they got a whole acting. I don't know whether whether it was like they didn't have an actor or like actor. I don't know what what the situation was, but they didn't have a Han Solo, and I know that Harrison Ford had experience in acting, and they're like, "Hey, come act as Han Solo." And I mean, he hates the role nonetheless, but um, he acted as Han Solo, and that it's, gave and him all it's iconic. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever uh, who did who did Indiana Jones? It was it was Lucas. It was Lucas and uh, was it Kubrick? I don't know. I I'm not. I feel as like it's somebody big name like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not as big of. They a casted like movie. I think like three actors or like mm-hmm. they were looking for actors for Indiana Jones and then mm-hmm. George Lucas was like, "Hey, I got a guy." I, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to see. Um. Are they are they rebooting Indiana Jones? I have no idea. Yeah. They made that Crystal Skull a couple of years ago. That's as up-to-date as I am. Yeah. I, re- I remember hearing rumors about that when they first announced their remaking of, or not a couple of years ago, if many years ago, not many years ago, a few years ago when they first re- first announced their um creation of the new Star Wars trilogy, they also said they were going to do something with Indiana Jones, but I don't know if that was Oh, Disney has it now? Wait, what? Does Disney have? Yeah, yeah. It's all under Lucasfilm. Great. <laughs> I I thought it was really noble of the guy who created I forgot his name guy who created uh Back to the Future, what's his name? I don't know. I'm okay, not sure. He said Netflix was gonna try and remake the movie, but he said no, uh, uh-uh. uh. And I I can't remember what it was exactly, but I think what he said was you're not gonna sell your children into prostitution. Oh dang. Yeah, I know. Dang. That's really cool. Yeah. It. I respect Back to the Future that much more. That's a cool movie. Disney's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about how many movies underwent that. You have, I mean, Peach Dragon was the first one that came to mind because I remember watching Peach Dragon, like the old one. What's that? Uh, it's, it's about a dragon. I don't know whether it's a dragon that talks or something, but it's like a co- two completely different stories. 
you know, like one is a boy get gets lost in the woods. Another one is like a dragon comes into a town. And the original one had that animation style where it was like a live action movie, but then it had like the cartoon like layered on top of it. So it looked like a, it was all in the same world. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They, but they did that with Aladdin. They did that with Beauty and the Beast. The the remaking. Oh, I haven't seen those. I, I liked Aladdin. I didn't like the Beauty and the Beast, though. You know what movies Disney surprised me with? What? Like, I never would have thought that it would have been interesting. I don't know if it said, like, a movie that I liked, but those Maleficent. Maleficent? Yeah, like, those were oddly, like, I thought they were going to be, like, you know, take your eight-year-old to go scream in the theater and mm-hmm. throw popcorn everywhere, but, like, there's, like, some, like, theme, like, theme, like, strong, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, almost I, dark, like, I, I guess because it's just Maleficent. live action, like, you mm-hmm. see, like, yeah, yeah, it was a good twist. I didn't watch Maleficent. I guess I guess a fan I found for me if a fandom is too big on something then I'm probably not going to get into it cuz I don't want to be one of those people that that's how I was with Dude, Harry fans Potter. Fans can make or break stuff. Like they can kill things. K-pop culture has turned <laughs> Twi- Twitter Twitter is toxic because of K-pop. I it really <laughs> Can you imagine reading history books from now on, like in the future? They're they're gonna look at the K the K pop part or like twenty twenty and see this. Which is like so much happens now. Mm-hmm. Like since since January first, there was World War Three, the next plague, the yeah. coronavirus. Like how much mm-hmm. stuff happens in like two months? Yeah, it just gets so much media attention. I think a lot of it is not only us becoming used to the idea uh, or not used to the idea but used to the flow of information that we get so it's like after one thing happens and that settles down it's like oh wait we need more and then like people just start like creating instances and things for i mean not necessarily like the coronavirus and quote-unquote world war three but like people just start creating instances for people to like grieve over sometimes just because they're they haven't had enough of it you know yeah we need something to complain about yeah kind of like thing so if it like boils down like give us something new to complain about like oh there was i mean artists deserve respect after their death but like oh wait there's this other artist who died you can cry about them now you know oh yeah that kind of thing but um well like with like uh like the the rappers like x Mm -hmm. passion and then yeah not uh, what's the other one? Pop Smoke, Juice. Yeah, yeah. And then like even like like Kobe into mm-hmm. that. Like it's like each month or each, like there's always, yeah. always and like. I, I don't think that it wasn't happening a long time ago. I think it's just that like we have a glo- we do have it, we've achieved a global community. So now that we have that, we can see all of this. And I think just as much was happening 20 years ago, just as much was happening 40 years ago. But now we can see it all happening right in front of our eyes. Well, yeah, like you have like, I hate to say micro celebrities, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like whenever Queen was popular, mm-hmm. it was Queen. Like who else? You know, like, yeah, there's like 10 bands that were like you could name and somebody knows. Now you can go through a whole list of rappers mm-hmm. that like every other person will know. But like in total, there's like 300 million people that listen to them. But yeah. like your parents don't know who they are. Yeah. You know, so like. And I mean. Yeah, it's, I mean, you had just as many small bands a long time, a long time ago, but now you have the internet, you have all of these things that are, like, pushing them to the surface, and it's making them equal, and it's good for artists, but I think it's bad for people sometimes, because it's like... Well, yeah, like, you know, you know, Talking Heads, the band? You ever heard no, of them? No, no. They're, they're an old, old band that, mm-hmm. like, has, like, resurged in the popularity, like, I think they're more popular now than whenever they came out, mm-hmm. but it's because, like... They did something, like, however long ago that, like, people like, like, now, mm-hmm. but maybe didn't like then. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, Back to the Future, he plays that Johnny Be Good. Or yeah. And, he's and, like, and people don't understand it at he's that like, point. your kids are going to love it. You know, it, ma- it makes me wonder, theoretically, like, if you could go back in time and play, like, um, Party in the USA. If you could play <laughs> that. <laughs> if you could play that for some people in 1960 you know like what would they think of it you know would, would they be would they be bopping or would they you know be like what what the heck is this oh yeah like just take i don't know like i guess country's harder for other people but mm-hmm. like you know you, you turn on country now and it's like like pop like yeah kick snap kick snap uh, mm-hmm. 
be your truck girl <laughs> but like and then you take somebody like if you were to take Merle Haggard or mm-hmm. like any legendary country singer mm-hmm. and put them today you you wonder you like what never, they would think would you ever hear of them mm-hmm. yeah you know that's yeah that's really interesting and that's that's where global communities have succeeded cuz it's bringing forth artists that otherwise wouldn't be heard i mean Justin Bieber for example you know like his start was completely on youtube you know and i mean 2009 i would i if you asked me who justin bieber was i probably would have like stuck my tongue out at you or something just yeah. because like that was as as a elementary school boy that w- that was like my immediate response to either jb or justin bieber um just to stick my tongue out but recently i found some videos of him working inside a studio with people and the way he was like directing them and like showing them like guiding them where to go these professionals you know like i have a newfound respect for justin bieber respect like at 13 years old recording music because he's yeah. so he's so skilled well yeah i mean he grew up in it mm-hmm. you know from the time that he was younger than i am now he's been in studios yeah. like with people like million dollar like studio you know what mm-hmm. i mean so yeah. like of course by the time he's 30 he's gonna be like a boss and extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like as, soo- as soon as he retires he's gonna be like a ceo of something i'm sure yeah that that's uh artists retiring like i wonder if like rappers are ever gonna retire like eminem is old now mm-hmm. like wh- where's he gonna go after he's done with his Hopefully rap he just quits releasing music and quits like, like settles down yeah like yeah he's like giving himself a swirly in the toilet like <laughs> everything that he's done good he's just like yeah. Coffee pot. <laughs> <or something like. laughs> yeah. Is Eminem like he's always played himself up to be so so bad sometimes. It's like what are you going to do like when you're an old like you got wrinkles yeah, on your face and like grandchildren and stuff like are your grandchildren going to be listening to your music talking about like yeah, listening well, like, to you rap rap god at 70 years old, yeah, you know? Or just I don't know. Like, there was a rapper who, like, dissed him, like, a year ago or something. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> he was like, you were better whenever you were on drugs or something like that. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, it's like, oh, man. Like, it just, yeah. like, where do you go? Because, like, you made yourself on this person, mm-hmm. you know, and people love that person, mm-hmm. but it's not who you are. So, it's like, how do you? Lyri- lyrical rap, I can see, like, I can see some people in lyrical rap, like, settling down. Like, Logic, I can see him settling down and, like, actually being an old man you know, when he's old, but, like, it makes you wonder if people, like, Lil Uzi or Lil Pump, you know, like, people like them, like, what are they gonna do, you know, because now you have tattoos well, all over your face. Well, well, and they have, like, that rock star mentality, mm-hmm. like, the live fast, die young, Yeah. you know? I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess that is the same way for them yeah. that it was with rock stars. I never really thought of it that way. I mean, because, like, look at rock stars who are old now. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just, like, dead or crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean... They're they're on like casino circuits and stuff like they're playing yeah, at like yeah. small casinos. They're at the Golden Nugget this yeah. weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. I found that um, the Hallmark Channel is like the casino circuit for washed up actors. That's <laughs> <a> like <laughs> in twenty years, you know, you're gonna see somebody like um, Ryan Reynolds in, in a Hallmark movie because he's he's old now. That's funny, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm trying to think of old rock stars who are still around, like Ted Nugent. You know that is yeah, mm-hmm. like cat scratch fever and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like a big time like NRA backing like Trump backing. I, like, yeah, yeah, I love like, Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah, no, no, me too. He's quite the character. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like that's what he does now. Yeah, I mean, Queen is. I mean, Queen doesn't have their lead singer, but uh, they have a lead singer. But they're still out there performing and stuff. Wasn't it Journey that like got some Asian guy? Yeah, to yeah. That's, I I watched the I watched the beginning of the documentary. I, I don't remember what happened to the rest of it, but I watched the beginning of a documentary, and it was a guy who barely spoke English, but and they mimic him perfectly. Yeah, like a mockingbird or they, something. They found him on YouTube, like yeah. just a small YouTube channel of him singing karaoke at a party. You know, <laughs> it was like perfect. Yeah. Well, did you see? There were some guys on. They're like a Green Day cover band, and they make their own music, mm-hmm. and they made. Like, people were, like, speculating Green Day's new album. Like, oh, they're coming out with a new album before it was released. Mm-hmm. Like, I think before Green Day ever said anything about it. Mm-hmm. And they made a Reddit. And they, like, made leaked foot, like leaked music. Mm-hmm. And they got, like, all these people to, like, believe in this fake album cover. That the album was set to release on this date. Those and, are like, the coolest sets. All this stuff. Yeah. And, like, 
he was going and listening to old like they basically just made like like cyborg versions of their songs that like had little pieces and like mm-hmm. some new stuff and like like they had like the whole internet like going on a release date like wow. youtubers were making like videos speculating mm-hmm. about what would be on the album and like green day hadn't done anything has green day come out with an album since then yeah yeah it's been recently i think they did like like a year and a half ago and then mm-hmm. green day came out like just recently okay wow that's that's really cool yeah. those are those are the best subreddits though that like everything is based on a universe that the like that collectively they've created you know like they've created made made reality like what was just speculation before yeah it's it's kind of like a classic just like getting somebody to believe something that's not true but just like on a grand scale mm-hmm. it's funny they're one of my favorite subreddits to visit sometimes i'm a i was a big fan of the pokemon games now i just kind of like s- keep up with them but there's just one subreddit called perfect pokemon game and like these people develop their own game sometimes just to like send clips in and be like this is what my perfect pokemon game looks like and it's like first person and they're like going through the grass encountering that's crazy i know like why not just like make your own game well like and have make you seen like people like on steam will take an old game mm-hmm. and they'll just take the engine and strip everything and then make a whole new game with this whole arching backstory and yeah. like lore behind it and it's just a mod like daisy you know like the game that that, that no, I don't. <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's like a first or third person shooter mm-hmm. that's like zombie survival, and you go through like an area, and it's like, kind of like an RPG, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like ultra realistic. Like you can break your leg, and you have to put it in a splint. Mm-hmm. And it was originally a mod for another game called Arma, which was like a military. Okay, yeah, I know Arma. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they just the mod became so big that they, they made a whole game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wow, we have hit an hour. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. All right. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and just say a few things about the podcast, and then I'll throw it around in the middle somewhere. And then you need to get sponsors. I I don't know how you do that, and it is the first episode, so you I, don't I'm, need to worry yeah. about it. I'm setting up a Patreon right now. I'm gonna do this on YouTube. Um, I have SoundCloud. I have iTunes. I'm working on Spotify right now. Is I don't. It hard? I never. How do you do that? It, it's something like an RSS feed, and like you take the link or something you put it in there and then it'll verify it and then like once there's certain parameters that it follows then it will uh put it on itunes and that it's the same thing with spotify um but yeah we were uh scared to start the podcast because we didn't know if we would have enough things to talk about but surely we have hit an hour and four minutes now so um that's what's up um special thanks to agrarian clothing they've also helped get this set up um i'm gonna have the owner come in i'm gonna record a podcast with him his name's ezra um if this works out i'm gonna have a lot of people in the future i'm super duper excited to see how this works out um i'm gonna start up more stuff if you would like to come on to the podcast and you have like a business that you would like to advertise or something um and you don't have a microphone, you can pay me $20. I'll invite you onto the podcast. Uh, I just have a question list that you fill out. Um, if you do have a microphone, just uh, tell me what you would like to advertise, and I might put you on here. Um, thank you so much for listening today. Um, this is the Quaidcast. Um, I don't know how to end a podcast, so I'm just going to go ahead and stop recording. Thank you very much.